Funding for The Spark is provided by Capital Blue Cross, focused on creating a healthier future for our communities through innovations like Capital Blue Cross Connect Health and Wellness Centers, which provide in-person services and inspire healthy living. Learn more at CapitalBlueCross.com. The Spark is also supported by UPMC, offering a broad range of cardiac and vascular treatments in our community. More information is available at upmc.com slash centralpaheart. Welcome back to The Spark. The Pennsylvania Game Commission wants to know if you see a flock of turkeys. How will that information be used? We're joined by Mary Jo Casalina, who is a wild turkey biologist with the Pennsylvania Game Commission, the Bureau of Wildlife Management. Most, uh, Ms. Casalina, welcome to the program. Are you there? Hi, thanks for having oh, me. Oh, okay. All right, there we go. Uh, all right, so I'll start with the, the basic question. Uh, why is the Game Commission looking to find out uh, if Pennsylvanians see flocks of turkeys? Well, it's pretty simple. Um, we are conducting our annual uh, turkey trapping efforts uh, so that we can put leg bands on gobblers statewide or all males statewide, um, but also so we can put GPS transmitters on um, on some turkeys in four of our wildlife management units. We have 23 wildlife management units throughout the state. So this is this is an annual thing. We just started um, about three years, well, three years ago. This is our fourth uh, consecutive winter. We did this back in um, 2006 and 2009 as well. And it's to give us uh, some general turkey survival rate and harvest rate data. Um, but then also the, the turkeys that we're putting transmitters on, uh, we're also studying limiting factors of, of turkeys and um, habitat use, harvest rates, um, more involved information on harvest rates and, and harvest mortality. Uh, so we know that the turkey that the public really helps us out during the summer with uh, with we, we do have a similar survey during July and August where people report um, seeing hens with with poults or just general you know turkeys and and whereabouts and that helps us with our turkey population model. So now during the winter when we're trying to to locate flocks, um, it's really helpful. We found from last year we did this, and people can actually just place a dot on the map and and let us know where they're seeing turkey flocks so that we can potentially trap those turkeys in that area. Sometimes it's the landowner the, themselves that is um, contacting us, and that's wonderful. Other times, you know, if people are driving down the road or going even going through our own game, game lands. Sometimes we uh, we don't keep track of exactly where where the flocks are. Uh, so with so many Pennsylvanians interest in, in in turkeys, this is a great way for the public to help us out. And um, and especially if they're the landowner and if they want to help us with baiting um, the, the the turkeys to come to the specific trap site and and help us trap, then then that's wonderful as well. What constitutes a flock? Oh, usually, uh, well, so usually a group of about 10 to 12 is what we're looking for. Even even a group of, of five or six, especially later on in the winter when they break up into their the, the different sexes. Uh, so you'll have adult gobblers going off on their own. And so those flocks might be five or six. 
Uh, and, you know, they could be up to 50, 100 turkeys. But you're not interested in it being reported if someone sees one or two or three turkeys. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Hmm. And the nice thing about this survey is sometimes, you know, we, we'll see where there's concentrations of um, of of flocks or, you know, a, a flock that's kind of moving around a little bit in an area. So we can actually go to this map. We we put the, we put these sightings on a map on a weekly basis and provide it to all of our uh, turkey trapping teams. And so it's a nice way of us kind of visualizing where there's some flocks that we might want to concentrate on. I do want to mention also that when we're trapping these turkeys, we are we're just trapping them, collecting biological data, putting leg bands on them. Some of them we're putting backpack style transmitters on, and then we're releasing them right there where we trap them. Now, some people think that we're moving them because uh, oftentimes we'll put them in, in boxes just so that we can you know, process them, uh, just get them all out of the nets and then process them individually. And then, you know, obviously this trapping event scares them a, a little bit. I mean, you know, we're of course gentle with the birds, but it might scare them from that area for a number of days or a few weeks or even a few months. So people sometimes think that we're transferring them, but we're not. How do you trap them? I mean, because I'm sure there are people listening who are uh, envisioning something that's inhumane that uh, may cause pain to the turkeys. Oh no! Uh, yeah, we, we we try to be as as gentle as possible. So we have a variety of traps. The most common one is called our rocket net, and um, and so that is that is powerful, and we have to be careful because it is a net. A, usually about you know, anywhere from 30 by uh, 50 feet or 40 by 60 feet across. Um, so it's a large net and it is propelled by rockets. Uh, and so, you know, the, the, the net goes up and over the flock of turkeys that we have baited into the area with usually cracked corn. And, uh, and so we do have to be careful that the rockets don't, you know, don't injure the birds, but everybody is trained on how to use rockets. And then we also use, uh, we've started to use walk-in traps, which is basically just like a, a funnel-shaped trap. Some people like to think of them as like lobster traps, but much larger so that a, a turkey can get in. Uh, it has a funnel on the in, uh, for the entrance and the turkeys go in because there's bait inside and they just can't figure out how to get back, how to get out. Are turkeys smart? Nope. They're not. They're, <laughs> They're dumb. Not, well, now I shouldn't say that. They have a very pea-sized brain, but um, but they're very aware of their surroundings. And so you might interpret that as, as intelligence. Oh, they can't be trained, though. No, but they, they can't be trained, but they get accustomed to... Um, you know, coming into an, an area for food. That's why we trap them in the winter because the food is, you know, is the least abundant during the winter. And, and also because they flock during the winter, you know, safety and numbers type of thing. And uh, so they're most easily caught this time of year. Um, you know, if they're hungry, they're, they're going to come into the bait. So their instincts, that, that's what's directing their behavior. So a lot of this has to do with uh, turkey behavior population. 
If we had to estimate right now how many turkeys there are in Pennsylvania, do we have an estimate? Well, we don't. Um, we're we're revising our turkey population um, model, so I'd rather not say exactly where you know what our turkey population is. And 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 keep in mind, turkey populations fluctuate dramatically from one year to the next, depending on recruitment, depending on reproduction that that summer. And you know, and 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 survival, annual survival. So, you know, we have some areas in the state where um, you know turkey populations have increased dramatically. You know, they can increase to a hundred, hundred and twenty percent from one year to the next, and then they can drop. You know, fifty, sixty percent um, the next year, depending on on reproduction. So, so you know. Putting a, a number on the, the population is tough because in some parts of the state, you know, turkey populations are increasing, and in a few parts of the state, they're they're decreasing on a you know long-term trend. But on average, for the rest of the state, the long-term trend is stable. Keeping in mind, there's a lot of fluctuation annually. So the information that you've gleaned over the last couple of years, what have we learned about uh, turkeys in this state? We've learned that uh, habitat has a um, habitat is very important in terms of um, overall survival uh, and reproductive rates. Um, you know that that habitat kind of acts like an umbrella, and so. It, uh, we also have found out that you know, spring weather conditions have a, a large effect on, on turkey reproduction and so overall uh, population sizes and spring weather events have been getting more severe. But if they have good habitat that can protect them from the elements, then that's really critical. But one, one piece of information that's really lacking, and one reason why we're conducting this uh, this study with these transmitters, is to look at disease um, to determine if if disease is impacting productivity. But I also want to mention these GPS transmitters have um, they 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 not only collect the data in terms of the location of the of the turkey, so we know what habitat they're in, but we also for the first time know what they're doing, their activity, whether they're feeding, walking, resting, flying. Um, so we have very specific information in terms of what, what type of habitat they need for a specific habitat. And we're working with Penn State University on that, as well as University of Pennsylvania in terms of the disease aspect of the study. You just said flying. So, uh, so we're, we're learning... I'm sorry, what's that? You you just said turkeys flying. when Around Thanksgiving, that WKRP in Cincinnati uh, episode always comes up about the turkeys that uh, were released from a helicopter. And uh, one of the famous lines there was, as God is my witness, I thought turkeys could fly. Can turkeys fly? Yeah. Yeah, turkeys fly. They they have to get. They have to go up to the roost at night. Uh, they they roost in trees um, in the evening, or they they roost above ground, I should say. 
Um, so yeah, they do need to fly to get to their roost every night. Just don't leave them, uh, don't put them outside of a helicopter at a, at a great height. Probably not a good idea. To... No, I, I wouldn't call them, a, you know, a, um, as good of a flyer as an eagle or, <laughs> <laughs> or a pistol or something. What's funny brought that up because, I mean, Benjamin Franklin wanted uh, the turkey to be the national uh, the national symbol as opposed to, to the eagle. Uh, we only have a minute or so left. I want to thank you very much for being with us today. So everyone listening to this, maybe someone's even passed a flock of turkeys while we've been speaking. If they want to report, I don't know whether that's the right word or not, but uh, if they would like to participate in uh, when they spot a flock of turkeys, what can they do? And I have about a minute left. Yes. Yeah, so they can go to the Game Commission website, which is simply... Um, it is simply uh, www.pgc.pa.gov, G-O-V. And, uh, and right on our homepage, you can click the link uh, for the, you know, the, the public website, well, the, um, the public turkey sighting survey, or they can also go in, down into wildlife and select turkey. Mary Jo Casalina is a wild turkey biologist with the Pennsylvania Game Commission. Thank you very much for being with us today. You're welcome. I appreciate it. You're listening to The Spark on WITF, your home for NPR and discovering all things local. I'm Scott Lamar.